of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Hey y'all, welcome back to Her with Amina Brown. I'm here in the living room with like one of my favorite people, like one of my favoritest people. Um, Please welcome poet, storyteller, public speaker, and author of new children's book, Winner's Gifts, Caitlin Curtis. Thank you. (laughs) We are here. Everyone's applauding at home. Yes. You know what, Caitlin? I realized today that I think you and Kalundra are my most often featured guests on this podcast. I think you and Kalundra, if I could give out awards for who appeared here the most, it's you and Kalundra. Because Kalundra has been coming on every year the past three years to talk like best of TV stuff with me each year. And I somehow find a way to really convince you to come here and talk to me. We have done it. This is our third mm-hmm. third time? Yeah. So yeah. I think I've talked to you once second. a year. It is our third, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So thanks, I'll Caitlin. I'll take that. Thank you. <laughs> it's really, y'all, I was just telling Caitlin before we started recording, it's really partly my excuse just because we love each other. So it's really partly my excuse to be like, oh, let me just catch up with Caitlin real quick on a recording. On <laughs> a <laughs> recording for all these people. It's fine. It's fine. You know, we're here for it. We're here for it. Caitlin, I'm so excited <laughs> about your new book. This is your first children's book. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I'm really excited. Can and you... also, I don't know what to feel. So many. <laughs> Could you talk us through where did the idea begin for Winter's Gifts? Yeah, it. we lived in Vermont at the time. And 
it was awesome. I've wanted to write a children's book for a long time, but I thought, what if I could write four books? That's a series and like could be a box set one day. Cause I would want that. Like I would buy that as a parent. What if I could create these four books that could be in a box set that someone could buy and have to show in their house throughout the seasons. Cause I change my house throughout the seasons. I do all of that. And, um, I get out books for each, like in each of our tubs, it's like the season books come out. And so, so this first book came, like it came quickly. I needed to write it, I think. And a lot of it is like, you know, relating to me as a a kid, a lot of it's watching my own kids. And then it was like, we lived in Vermont and it was winter. So it was like, you know, when you think of snowy winter, it was like the perfect setting for me to just sit on my couch by my wood stove in this tiny rental house we were living in in Vermont. We lived there for one year and it was like, this book was written in that season. It was perfect, you know, and writing about our Husky Sam who passed away when we lived in Vermont, but he's in the book. So he's like, memorialized in this series, which I really love. And, um, and yeah, I, I wanted, I wanted to write something that could sort of be universal, but could also speak to our Potawatomi identity. Mm. And it just kind of came, came together really well in this celebration of, of all the seasons. So we start with winter and, and it's coming out and it'll be out for this, you know, cozy season that's coming. And I'm very excited. Oh, I love it. And I'm I'm really excited to dive into this more with you, y'all. One of my favorite things about Caitlin is the ways that she and I can talk about spirituality and that when we talk about spirituality, it has a lot of freedom and boundlessness. I have definitely called Caitlin like, okay, so let's talk about this dream I had. Like we have really interesting conversations around that. And I think the idea of winter as a season is very spiritual and not related necessarily to any particular religion, but it's a very spiritual time. It's a time where we are sort of contemplating the end of the year. We may be reflecting on the year that's passed. We may be trying to prepare for the year to come. There's just all of this sort of ruminating of the soul during that time. And for some of us in that season, you know, you being in Vermont during that time, it's like you have some time where it's like you just have to be indoors a lot more too because of the weather, the snow, the cold, all those things, right? We were inside a lot. (laughs) A lot in Vermont. It is cold. Yeah, but it was beautiful. And I mean, winter's, winter's hard. It's a hard season for a lot of people. It's hard for mental health, emotional health. I mean, we're not getting out in the sunlight as much like winter is hard. And so I wanted to, you know, we acknowledge that, but also speak to, but what are the gifts that it also gives us? And like you said, it's like this, it is this hibernation season. It's this inward season. It's for, for us, um, it's the storytelling time, you know, it's the time of the elders. Like when we are learning from from those who came before us and those who are older and wiser than us and they're telling us the stories that we need to hear. It's almost like you're you're like storing up all those stories for the coming year, for the coming seasons. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. So I wanted to kind of figure out a way to honor that in this book. Yeah. Can you talk about as we are now sort of at the time of this recording sort of digging into fall? which you start sort of feeling that transition that fall is, you know, going to fold itself into winter. And for some people, there starts to be like a dread, you know, about that for for very good reasons. 
and very important reasons. And for some people, there starts to be this like relief, this sense of like, okay, we're going to come to a time where I know I'm not going to work as much. I know I'm going to have more time with my friends or my family, my people that I love. What are your thoughts about how we can even begin the process to become more intentional about embracing winter? Mm -hmm. I think it's important to like plan ahead Mm -hmm. as much as we hate to hear that there is this beauty in, I mean, we plan ahead for the celebrations of our life. You'd plan ahead for a birthday party, you'd plan ahead for these things. So, you know, mark your calendar and plan ahead for um, winter solstice, like decide to cook your favorite food that night and sit with a few people you love and light some candles or light a fire and just like intentionally set that side, that time aside and talk about gratitude and talk about grief and talk about who you are and what you're learning about yourself in the season you find yourself in, even in your own life, that life season. And what are you hoping to learn in winter? Like, I think, um, without becoming like, you know, super linear or like checking boxes, it's also really helpful to, to plan ahead Mm -hmm. and to, to be prepared for this moment, for this time that we're going to set this aside because it's going to get crazy and busy, you know, December comes and it's, it's wild how busy things get. So set it aside, you know, uh, last year I got too busy and I couldn't really plan our family's solstice. And I was really sad about that. And I was, um, Oh, I was doing my audiobook for living resistance, mm. my last book. So I was like taking the train into Philly, every day and doing these recordings. And I just, I didn't have the space or the energy. And, uh, one day, uh, I showed up at home and my partner, Travis had like decked the whole table. It was full of food. I mean, and he's an incredible cook and he just did it. He did it all for us. And it was like, oh my gosh, the sweetest thing, because he knew how much it meant to me. He knows that it's just a part of our family and, and we want to still honor that. And so he totally surprised me and and I was really grateful, you know, like to have someone else be like, this is something we want to honor. Let's do it. We're still going to do it. And so just make the space and try to plan. And I, I think that that's a beautiful gift to give yourself yeah. is to be ready, you know? Yeah. I love that. I, I was talking recently with Dr. Shaniqua Walker Barnes on this podcast, and we were talking about self-care and where celebration also plays a role in that, where joy plays a role in our self-care. And that was one of the things she said. She said, sometimes we need to plan ahead our celebrations or even our commemorations. There is sometimes a thing that we want to hold a certain space for. It may be something celebratory. It may be something that we need to just mark time about or take time to honor in a way. And that that does take a bit of planning and, and, and community that in that moment that you were like, this year, I can't be the person who plans. I can't be the person who puts this thing together. And that your partner was like, it can be me this year. You know, I think that's really, really dope. Yeah. It was really sweet. And that's so true. Or um, it's, I tell people things like that all the time. Like, this in the same vein, like plan ahead for your care. If you need to schedule it, if you're that type of person, then treat it like it's part of your job, like schedule in the things that you need. And it's hard because especially being an author, you work on these books for so long and then you finally get to the end and it's like celebration, but also total exhaustion and relief and all this. Then, then the stress just builds somehow even more than you thought it would. And, and a lot of times I, I neglect the celebration part of just like 
take a deep breath. It finally, the book is out. The thing has happened, like celebrate it. And that is, that's really hard for me actually. So I'm going to remind myself of that as this children's book comes out. And as winter approaches, like drink a little bit of extra hot cocoa and sit by the fire a little longer and take your time with it. And I think that that's, that's good advice. I'm going to take it. Yeah. Right. The therapy session. (laughs) You know, that's what we're here for. But Caitlin, you know, you and I have talked to about just how interesting it is being an author that it's it's a really wonderful privilege and opportunity to, you know, be able to take the words that you have and put them in this book. But it it is hard. It is hard. And I have gotten to the end of the process and not felt as not felt like as much of a winner <laughs> as I thought I was going to feel like I thought I was going to yeah. be like. Like that real, like rocky, bah, 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 you know, like that. And instead, I was just like, <laughs> in bed with the covers up, yeah, <laughs> just totally yeah. crying, you know. So I, I do think it's important after all of that to not just honor that, you know, writing a book is air quotes an achievement. It's to honor all that you had to put in to it, yeah, all that it sure. took out of you to do. And unfortunately, you know, in the business part of us being authors, I feel like the celebration of us can get lost in the sauce. It's like the book comes out. You've got all the interviews. If you decide to do those, you've got all this promotional stuff. You've got to post stuff on social media. You got to do all those things. There's there's no one there. You had your editor to walk through these parts with you. You had your line editor, your copy editor. You had all these people, but you don't have a person outside of your people that love you in your life to actually come alongside you and be like, hey, let's go to dinner or let's bake our favorite thing. Let's do something to to celebrate you that like you did this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is why, like I tell people all the time that being an author is, it's not, it's not a solo, it's a solo practice, right? Our work can be very isolated and solo, but like we're part of this community of writers, but also whoever those people are that are in our life, like we, it is not, we cannot do it alone. It is always connected to community and how, how we are able to, especially if we're from marginalized communities or oppressed voices trying to share our words with the world, like we need the people who hold us up and shout for us. Cause sometimes it is like, you just want to be done and almost like forget it happened for a second. And you don't want to do that, you know, like celebrate the thing, the beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about the holidays here because as we are leading, I think I think the interesting thing about winter is as a literal season, it has a lot of beauty in it. It has a lot mm-hmm. of things that it can teach us. I also think, um, particularly for those of us who are living in America right now, there is sometimes the feeling of like, oh, shit, here I go with all the holiday functions and some, ah, you know, like it gets to be that sort of feeling of like, now it's going to be all this stuff. You know, my friends that have kids are like, I got to do this stuff at the school. And now you got a holiday concert. I got it. You know, and then you have like your extended family stuff. And you're like, oh, well, we're going to go over so-and-so's house. And yikes, the way the conversation was last year and whatever right. that stuff is. So I feel like that also participates in bringing us the feelings of dread that some of us have as it relates mm-hmm. to holidays and holiday gatherings. I wanted to get some of your 
perspective about this because I I wanted to share with you that I feel like the beginning part of the pandemic where we were all kind of like separated away from each other, there were a lot of hard things about that. In some ways, there were also some learnings for me of like, oh, look at this holiday time that we got to have that wasn't the hustle and bustle, that wasn't the big the big party, the big gathering to go to, like you sort of got to kind of focus in a little bit more with intentionality because we were having to, for the sake of our health, opt out of some things, right? To keep our kids safe, keep our loved ones safe, keep our elders safe, right? That's what we were having to do. So then when the period of time came where it was like, oh, it's safer now, we can do the stuff we were doing before. And I was like, oh God, do we have to do that though? All the introverts were like, I think we're okay. Like, I actually got home a little longer. Like, I love you guys, but I enjoyed it without y'all. So, <laughs> not sure. And I also think it can be, and you and I have talked a lot about having to build boundaries, right? We've talked about that mm-hmm. on this podcast as far as boundaries we've had to build around social media and our work, you know, mm-hmm. boundaries we've had to build around when we're doing events for our work, you know? Um, and you and I personally have talked about other things in life personally where we've had to build boundaries too. And I feel like one of the boundaries that's real hard is around the holidays when mm-hmm. what you may need or what your family may need may be different from mm-hmm. Your friendships may be different from your extended family. What do you think caused you to get to a point where you felt you had permission to opt out? Mm, That's a good question. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) This is hard. And I think so many of us dance around this and it is really hard. The other, well, and the other like sort of blaring thing for a lot of us that is connected to family and friends and all this stuff is the, what happens to those of us who's, like sort of vision of this wonderful America sorts to like starts to cave in. And so that's like, I'm thinking specifically about like Thanksgiving, Easter, Christmas, sort of these, some of these holidays where you're starting to be like, Oh, that's like really rampant capitalism and consumerism. And it's kind of gross, isn't it? And Oh, like, why can't we celebrate also like the other holidays around this time? Like, why is it only Christmas and not all the other holidays that are celebrated, you know, like things like this and Thanksgiving is, is what we know it to be. It's a, it's a total colonial holiday. So how do we, how do we reckon with the history around all of it? And every year when it comes up, I am, you know, we're, we live so far from our family too. I mean, we are, Mm -hmm. we live across the country. So there's always the travel and the, there's just so many little um, strategic things and, Uh, I think part of it is every year is sort of the sitting down, do the strategic planning. What can we handle? What are we able to do physically? Whatever with the school breaks, with all the things, like what can we actually handle that we're able to do? And then also I think it's important to ask like, what do we need? Because it just isn't, it's not helpful to just like run ourselves dry. So last year for Thanksgiving, um, we actually went and stayed in a an off-grid tiny house in upstate New York. It was like the weirdest, best thing ever. I mean, like had, we we rock climb as a family. So what we needed most, and we're going to do something similar again this year, what we need most is to just get to the land and to the quiet yes. and not really 
focus on this particular holiday. That's not everybody. Like everyone has different things. We love food. We love meals. We love gratitude. We love the act of Thanksgiving, but we would prefer to just like be on some land where it's quiet and actually commune with nature. Think about mother earth, do that as a family, you know? And so that's become really important to us. So last year we just stayed at this, like in this crazy off grid little house thing and we're like pumping our water for our coffee in the morning. He's like, we had to work for it. We wow. had to work for that holiday, but it was, it was perfect because it wasn't anything like the stress of what it usually is. Yeah. And that, and it was great. And we, and we celebrated and we did what we needed. And I think that, um, a lot of us who struggle with boundaries, who struggle with these conversations, feel guilty and selfish a lot of the time. And, and we go to therapy being like, what are we going to do this year? Mm-hmm. Are you going to help me figure this out? Right. <laughs> that's, that's the thing to the and therapist. How are you going to help me figure this out? <laughs> yeah. yeah, It's hard. It's asking each, each of ourselves what we can handle. Mm-hmm. What do we need? What can we handle? And how can we like strategize? <laughs> and it's really funny that that's like, what I would say is that we have to strategize, but I guess it's like, like the planning ahead for solstice. It's the same thing. And you, you have to just have some time to do the things you want. Cause there are so many things, right? Like pulling for our time, so many parties, so many gatherings, so many meals, where's the rest, where's the care, where's the like sort of quiet kinship, where's the connection with mother earth? Like, are you doing that throughout Mm -hmm. that time? Cause I think it becomes so much about money and gifts and, you know, in my children's book, there's like a line where Donnie, the main character is talking to her friends from school and they're talking about Christmas or the holidays. And she's like, what about the gifts of winter? And they're like, what about them? <laughs> like, they're kind of like, mother doesn't give us gifts. Like, what are you talking about? And that's Donnie's big dilemma in the book is, oh no, these like people who are my friends, they don't believe that mother earth gives us gifts. Mm-hmm. They want the tangible presence. They want the stuff. But what, what about the gifts that are just already existing out there? And I think the best way for us to even practice embodiment, to get back to our own bodies, our own grounding, to learn boundaries, all of that is actually connected to how we access our relationship to Mother Earth. Right. And I know that people don't realize that. And and I'm I'm realizing it as an adult. Like I didn't grow up learning that. But when we start to repair our relationship to the land. It changes our bodies. Mm. It gives us strength to do things and make decisions that we wouldn't before. And I don't, I don't really know how to describe how it happens, Mm -hmm. but I know it happens. And I know that it heals us and helps us. And I think the holiday seasons are like a perfect time to put that into practice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything, for every passenger, feels just right. Don't miss it. 
Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Oh, that is so helpful, Caitlin. I'm like, I don't know why every time I talk to you, I'm like tearing up a little bit. But I'm like, man, that's so helpful because I, I, think, I think a lot of it is based on sort of an Americanized, probably, you know, you know insert capitalist vision of what holidays are supposed to be. And that's very uh, centered around what we deem to be tradition, um, which is not always, it's not always tradition in a holistic sense, as far as it being connected to the people we come from or connected to the land, to those stories that we need to retell. Sometimes it's tradition connected to obligation, connected to, you know, the appearance that it's supposed to have in the picture or in the video. Right. And so when we're like, Oh, my whole family's gathering for such and such holiday, I will be messing up the tradition by deciding that that's not a gathering I think I can participate in. And I do think a part of this time gives us hopefully the ability to where we can with family and friends, have some honest conversation around that to have some honest conversation. I know I've had to say, Hey, such and such holidays coming up and we might need to not be at that. Or if we come to that, we might need to be there for a much shorter time than you're used to seeing us, you know, to start sort of having some of those conversations where you can. Some of us have family members where you can't have those conversations. They're not going to be helpful. But do it early. Do it earlier when you can. You know, just get it out there. Laying the groundwork there of like that way in case we leave early or we get there and we don't have gifts. You know, like you, you already know what's happening here. You know, I think, I think if you are listening to this and you're sort of feeling that, that sense of dread and the, uh, that comes with it, I think sometimes that dread is trying to speak to us, which is to answer the question you said, Caitlin, what is it you need in this season? What you may have needed a previous holiday season, you may need, have different needs right now. Yeah, And to be able to pay attention to that, you know, I've had some holidays where it was like I needed to call my friends and say, I need you to come to my house. Just bring whatever food you have. Um, We don't care. We'll have like an ugly potluck. I don't care. I just I need my house full of people. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, the food's great, but maybe it doesn't look great. (laughs) You know, just bring your ugly food to my home. (laughs) I just need to like hear people's voices that I love and. We'll play some Mm. card games or whatever we do. And sometimes that's what you need. And there are other seasons that come that you're like, I need that tiny house. 
You know, I need to be closer to the land, away from the grid, away from the devices and all of that. So I think that's a really powerful question to ask. What do you need this year? Yeah. Yeah. And to be aware of the fact that other people won't need what you need. So maybe don't invite that person to go on the long hike with you because that's (laughs) probably may not be what they need. And if you need it and you're aware that they don't like hold, hold some space and maybe meet up for coffee at some other point, you know, like don't expect other people to be changing in the same ways that you're changing. Or, you know, a lot of us are deconstructing. We're asking hard questions. Mm -hmm. We're ending up sort of separating and sifting out relationships. Like that's happening for a, a whole lot of people. And when we start to question, especially the norms or the status quo in America and around things like holidays, it gets really difficult sometimes, but, but just like, it's hard for us it's also going to be hard for others sometimes right. too. Mm-hmm. They that doesn't mean they're just going to come along with us then. So mm-hmm. there is this like there's a reciprocity of care I think that we can hold with others and I know that that's hard for some of us to hear especially right. if we feel you know if if they're wrong but we're right mm-hmm. or if like you know we're trying to decolonize this holiday like what are you doing? But we have to hold space for that because right. not everyone is going to be at that. So again what do we need? how can we hold all of that, you know, right. and grounding ourselves with what we need, I think is the best way to do it, you know, and to create space where we can. Mm, I love that you said reciprocity of care. And that is hard because sometimes, especially, mm-hmm. especially if what is sending you to opt out of something, if rage is involved, you know, if like you've gotten to a point where you're just like, I'm like, I'm fed up with some shit. So no, I said what I said. We not going to be doing that this year at whatever holiday. I said we not doing that, you know, like it's and and your your anger is understandable and valid. Yes. It's very valid. And to where you can hold space for the other person across the table that they may have their own very valid emotional reasons why. They want to gather in these ways and just finding ways to do what you need for yourself. And in some ways too, Caitlin, I also feel as a, as an oldest child and people pleaser, I've had to accept that sometimes doing what I need um, will be disappointing to other people. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that because it's disappointing to them that it's wrong, that I'm doing what I need to do, but there is a way I can say, this isn't a, a malicious thing I'm doing to you in any way. This is me doing what I need. And I realize you wanted to see us at that gathering. I realize you hoped that we would participate in this such and such way. And I realize it will be disappointing to you that we can't. But your disappointment Mm -hmm. can't be the motivator for why I need to move beyond what is a boundary for me right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those are wise words from a people pleaser. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) It's hard. It's hard. So hard. I I think that this time in the last three years really showed me how much I was used to doing out of obligation. Yeah. So many things that I was just like, oh, I I actually now that I had a chance to opt out of that, I actually realized I had years I wasn't having a good time or I had years I didn't enjoy this. I had years I needed something else and I Mm -hmm. wasn't able to listen to my my inside soul. I wasn't able to listen to my own spirit in a way in that season Mm -hmm. of life. But I can hear me now and Mm -hmm. I can hear what I need now. And I think a lot of that. Uh, for, for a lot of us who grew up in Christian spaces too, that goes back to that same kind of people pleasing expectation of like, well, of course you're going to celebrate this holiday, or of course you're going to come to this service or, 
this youth event or you're going to participate in this way. Like, of course you are, because that's what we do, you know? Mm -hmm. And so to disrupt any of those status quos, any of those social norms within our religious communities or our families or, you know, whatever it is, um, our social communities, like that can be really scary. That can be really scary for a lot of people. Like it's, it's not easy, Mm -hmm. you know? And so like going gentle with ourselves during this time is, I mean, I like, I love the holidays. I love the coming coziness. I love wrapping presents and thinking of people and giving them these gifts that are meaningful to me. And I picked them for these people for this reason. Like, I love all of that. I love watching Christmas movies. I love the music. I love it. I think it's incredible. And also it can, at the same time, I feel the exhaustion and I feel sort of the tension. So it's, and we're allowed to shift. We are allowed to shift. We are allowed to change. We are allowed to say, for some reason, this holiday feels really hard this year. And I don't know why. Maybe I can change a few things about how I'm approaching it because last year was different. And like, we have to hold space for that. I think Mm -hmm. if the COVID season incubation taught us anything, it was that like, we have to hold space that some years things are completely different than other years. Yeah. So just because we make a decision for one year, that's, that doesn't mean that's always going to be our pattern either. And it's okay to like, to deconstruct, to ask the questions, to say, I don't know why, but whatever I did last year isn't working for me this year and I have to change something, you know? And, um, and that's okay. It really is okay, but we have to give ourselves permission for it to be okay. Yeah. I, this was my first time the last couple of years opting out of Easter. Mm -hmm. I was normally a person who's like, I mean, first of all, in having worked in Christian spaces a long time, Easter was a work day for many years. Oh yeah. Because I was going there to speak at this place, to perform for a good Friday and Easter service and stuff. And then after I left doing Christian spaces, then it was like, okay, well now I just get to like enjoy that holiday with my family. We get to like go to church together, go eat afterwards or whatever. And then between 2020, 2021, somewhere up in there, it was like Easter was approaching. And I was like, not me this year. Not me. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go to church. I don't want to go to anyone's like after dinner thing you do after that, like just, just opted out. I think one year I just watched Beyonce's Lemonade, which turned out to be very great. (laughs) That was my like, you know, this is still, you know, uh, resurrection, redemption in some way. This is, that's that's what I'm doing. Yes. And a part of me was shaking really, you know, inwardly, a lot of trepidation of like, Oh my God, what does it mean that I've just decided to like, right. I'm right. out of this. Where where am I? I, f- I feel like when you grow up um, evangelical, there's this way that you're like, oh, God, I'm on the slippery slope. <laughs> I'm just going to keep sliding. Down. I don't know what I'm sliding into, but it's very slippery and it's a slope. And I'm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yep. Yes. And what's funny, what's so funny, though, is that so many of our Christian holidays are like super Christian and then super capitalistic and weird, like. <laughs> The Easter bunny and like you hope to get a bunch of eggs with like money in them, but also like make sure it's about Jesus. Yeah. So we have these weird, you know, and like Santa and capitalism and are you a good little kid and Jesus's birth. Right. And so there's like all of these things where we've, you know, it's just what it's what cultures and societies do. But we sort of like blend these weird things together and call it a holiday. And then when you start to ask deep questions, you're like, which part have I given up? Or how I just like, sort of, am I done with all of it? Like, Mm -hmm. or 
you know, do we do the Easter bunny part, but not the other part? Or do we like what happens now? Like, because it's so cultural, it's so embedded. Right. And um, I think we're going through some of that in our family as well. And, and me personally, like what parts do we keep? Are we allowed to keep bits and pieces? Yeah. Are we not allowed to do that? Mm -hmm. Do we, you know, is the whole thing gone and we just ride the slope, slippery slope (laughs) down to wherever it takes us, (laughs) you know, and there's a, there's a bunch of people waiting there. So it's not like we're the only ones doing it. A bunch of people have done it. Like a lot of people are trying to ask these questions. Yeah. which I think is a beautiful thing. Yeah, I think it is good to like explore that. I think I'm also a person who sort of like, like if I could use dating as an example, it's like, I can't, I can't be like cordial or friends with someone I just broke up with. So it's like, I need that time of like, let's just not see each other. Let's not talk. Let's not text. I don't want to do Like, I don't want to do that. And then if like enough time passes by where I've been able to like sort of find my voice again, figure out my feelings, whatever. Then I can see that person somewhere and just be like, oh, hey, like, how are you? I I still don't want to kick it with you. And I still may not want to go to coffee or whatever. But I can at least be like, "Uh, I can have a conversation for a little while and not be so awkward. And I sort of feel when you're in a process of deconstructing, whether that's, you know, from the religion you were raised with, or also, uh, like you were saying, Caitlin, a lot of us are are learning about the roots of some of the holidays that we celebrated beyond religion and we're learning the roots of that are very terrible and so that causes us to also begin to question right so it's like sometimes i'm a person and everyone's process on this will be different i'm a person who's like i just need like a like a cold turkey away from you away from that and then i'll start to find myself sort of finding the mosaic of things that i that i'm like oh yeah i do i i may not i may not want to go to this kind of service but I do like the singing and I do want to keep some yes. parts of that. Totally. I, I may not want to celebrate this in this sort of way, but I do want to find a way to honor the ancestors by how we do this type of thing, you know? So I do think the the mosaic part can be kind of fun and interesting oh. and healing that process. But I do need the breakup time sometimes where I'm just like, no, nope, oh, no, yeah. thank you. No, I don't know. I don't want, no, thank you. I don't want to hear away in a manger. I don't want to do that. I don't want to have, I don't want your Easter bunny. Maybe I do want to get the candies on discount after Easter's over, but I don't want, <laughs> maybe I will get a little pastel Reese's cup, but listen, <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. I love to use that dating metaphor because my my metaphor is like a pendulum swing. Mm-hmm. So I like go from one end to the complete other. And then eventually after the grief has subsided a little, I start finding my way to a balance, to a center, to something. So yeah. your mosaic is like, it's my balance and center. Yeah. And I love that we have these two different metaphors that are the same, the same thing. Yes. Is it? But I think that's healthy. I think that it's like when you... um you know, when I realized that I, there are certain foods that I can't eat and I have these health issues, like you have to cut it, like cut it all out. Mm -hmm. And then you slowly start adding it back in to see how you feel and how it affects you. Mm -hmm. But I think it's, I think it's really similar with this, you know, you cut it all out or most of it or whatever you need. And then you see, and that, I don't want to, I don't want to go into like, then like appropriation world where we're like, oh, these religions all look nice. Let's, Grab right, a little right. from everywhere and we'll just mm-hmm. make something this right. is fun. So that's not what we're saying. Yeah. But we're saying like, what can we create that's meaningful? Mm-hmm. I would love for any human to create 
a winter solstice ritual that mm-hmm. means something to them, that honors their ancestors, that honors who they are, that brings their culture like mm-hmm. to the table and their their gifts of gratitude. You know, like how can we do that honoring others? How can we make it about kinship and belonging and like this deep, beautiful connection with Mother Earth and with our bodies and yeah. with each other? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's what a lot of us are trying to do after getting away from a lot of these systems and spaces that are so like so much about disembodiment and and oppression and you know lies like the right. stories that we haven't been told and um i think we're all trying to get back to some sort of how do we reapproach these things with care and nuance and the beauty of their complexity the mosaic like the balance how do we find that and that's hard. Yeah. And it and it and it calls for care, mm-hmm. which I think is why so many of us are exhausted when this time rolls around. If we're doing that work, it is exhausting. Like, oh, what do I feel about Thanksgiving this year? What kind of food should I make? What would be appropriate? Whose lands am I on? Like all those questions. Mm-hmm. It's tiring. And like you have to just go slow and and be okay that it's exhausting because it's beautiful work, mm-hmm. but it can be exhausting. Yeah. And it takes time too. It's like, like you said, it's time. holding space for where you are in this particular year. And that next year you may need different things. You may be in a different yeah. place. And as time goes on, if you are beginning this work inside yourself, then you will continue on with that work. You will grow, you will evolve. You will have different ways that you will change and know what your what your boundaries are, what your wants are. You will know um, more of what feels ethical to you, of what right. part what part of your right. processes have um, integrity to you, and and how to walk in all of that. And all of that is a time thing, unfortunately. Unfortunately, fortunately, it's a time thing. You know, it's like you can't expect yourself to be like herein. I will read a book as long as all of Shakespeare's works in which I will know all of the things that I'm supposed to know and all of the practices that I'm supposed to take upon myself, as well as the practices that I should not do because they don't belong to me and I should not be involved in that. Like, you're not going to know that in three months or a year, you know, you're you're just going to be building a life of knowing and evolving. I mean, that's the only way I can think. Yes. And a life of it. And that's like the key is when people ask me about my book, Living Resistance, when they're like, you know, like what's the big takeaway or one of them. And I'm like, well, the, the way I end the book is that resistance is lifelong work. So all of this stuff is like, this is our whole life. We could be 85 and be like, I don't like the way I've been doing that for the past two decades. I'm going to change things this year. This is the year. And we do it. And it's great. Like, please do it. If there's still something that needs to change and shift in you when you're 85, when you're 87 years old, when you're 23 when you're you know 36 42 whatever like let the things change Mm -hmm. and let yourself evolve and let the story be told differently because that whole idea that it's never too late and also that we our whole life is for this work and that's a beautiful thing so that we're not like i have to read all the books before october and i have to be totally ready this year like do the things you can do. Please tell the truth about certain holidays. Like that's awesome work. Please do that. But don't like, you know, try to recreate it all completely. Mm -hmm. It has to be right. That's just more pressure we're putting on ourselves. And that's not the goal. Mm -hmm. That's not what we should be doing. Right. Exactly. Okay. Talk to me about winter's gifts. I don't want you to give away all of the gifts that (laughs) are in the book, but when we are 
in the fall leading into winter, mm-hmm. what are a couple of winter's gifts? What are a couple of those gifts that we can think about, be more intentional about observing? What are your thoughts on that? I'm going to read a little from the book. I was hoping so. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to read the first few pages because okay. I feel like that's, yeah, that it's such a good question. And like I said earlier, like winter can be overwhelming. Yeah. The, even the the coming, we can start, I mean, people deal with depression in winter. It's very real. There's There's a lot, there's a heaviness that comes and a blanketing and that can be very hard. So I would, I would never dismiss how really hard it is for people, Mm -hmm. but they're also just these beautiful gifts. So um, let me just read a little bit from the book. And I always say like children's books are not just for children. Like I read, I, I mean, I have two kids and I've been reading them children's books for years and we just had piles and piles of them. And I'm like reading them a book and they're like, you know, one in three and I'm like sobbing and reading this book and they're like, I don't know what's wrong, mom, but you seem to really like, well, I don't know what's happening. And there's just some children's books, like they're so therapeutic. Like we are all, I'm always like, we're still connected to our child selves. There's still some healing to be done there. Yeah. So if you need to buy winter's gifts and like, let it heal your relationship to your child self, please do it. Like, please do it. All right. I'm going to read. Donnie touches a frost-covered branch on the oak tree in her yard. She shivers. Winter or a babon is coming in a few days. Her family will light a fire or shkode and think about the darkest night of the year. Many of her friends are afraid of the dark, but not Donnie. The dark feels like a hug, and winter is a time for cozy hugs. The dark of winter reminds us to rest. Even the bears rest in winter. And then there's a section here. Donnie thinks about the gifts of winter. They are different from the gifts that come during the holidays. Winter's gifts are telling stories and waiting. Another gift of winter is resting like the bears. After we rest for a while, the sun brings back the grass, the flowers, and the leaves on the trees. So I I think that thinking about winter as like this reminding ourselves that it's this preparation time, Mm -hmm. like that the bears they're resting for a reason. Like they know what's coming when spring comes and, you know, and even the plants, the plants that die aren't just dead, but they know what's coming in spring when everything's going to come to life again. And I think that that's, that's beautiful. Like this time of, of covering ourselves up, going inward, waiting, asking what the waiting means in preparation for what comes next. Mm -hmm. I think that thinking of winter that way, I, I think helps me like, it's a it's a waiting time, but it's also a preparation time. Yeah. You know? Oh, I love that imagery that the darkness of winter is like a hug. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. That is that is that is for children, but it is for adults and all the kids inside of us too to remember that. Caitlin, thank you so much. And you're not gonna get me in my tear ducts today. You know, Caitlin started reading them pages, child. I'm about to be in here crying, crying, okay? Oh my gosh. Tell the people where they can buy five copies of this book. Y'all know how I do. Anytime someone's here talking to us about a book, I want you to buy one by five. That way, when somebody comes to your house and they're like, oh my gosh, what's this book? You can be like, oh, look, here's one. You could take that one with you. You have one you keep in your house. So where can they buy five copies of this book and how can they stay connected to your work? I had, I have heard wind about your Substack community, that there's some newsletter writing. Just, just tell us everything, Mm -hmm. Caitlin, tell us everything. Yes. So the best way to find anything is on my website. So CaitlinCurtis.com. All the books are there, all the ways to order them, you know, and yeah, the Liminality Journal, which this will be 
I think that your listeners will appreciate this. Um, the Liminality Journal is my Substack. We we write poetry together. We we talk about liminal space and those the gray area, right? Like this, this is what we're talking about. Like all the in between where we don't really have the answers yet. And um, right now, I'm I'm writing a series called After Church, mm-hmm. and it's for people who you know, have left institutional church community and are trying to figure out what community looks like after. And I think that that's along the exact same vein of what we've been talking about. And again, there are a lot of us that are making those decisions or in the middle of that decision or have already left, but are still part of a spirituality, a deep faith, whatever that may be. How do we build community again? Or how do we keep building it in an intentional, ethical, you know, way? And I think that, um, so that's a, that's a new series that I have. And, really loving it as triggering as it is. <laughs> really loving writing it. Um, but yeah, I'm on Instagram all the time sharing my books and I travel and speak. So yeah, look up my website. I mean, it's, it's all there and I would love to, to say hi to anybody at my events and yeah, please buy five copies of my book. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. Buy five. Thank you all. Thank you all. Caitlin, thank you um, for always saying yes to coming on here and talking with me and just sharing your processing and your work with us. I know that it really enriches the listeners and me. So thank you so much. Thank you. So good to see you. Her with Amina Brown is produced by Matt Owen for Soul Graffiti Productions as a part of the Seneca Women Podcast Network in partnership with iHeartRadio. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.